Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. In today's episode, I'm continuing on with Dr. Claire Weeks, and I'm talking about her four strategies for overcoming anxiety, and that is face, accept, float, and let time pass. Now, if you didn't listen to episode 703, I actually talked a little bit more about Dr. Claire Weeks and her philosophy on overcoming anxiety, and you might want to listen to that one also if you haven't already. Now, today we're going to talk about the four strategies, and I want to jump right in with the first one, which is to face your anxiety panic. Now, for long-time listeners, you know, face, accept, flow, and let time pass is something I talk about here all the time. And again, as I mentioned in the last episode, that's because I found her work so clear and so right on that they really informed a lot of the way that I talk to people about anxiety panic. And I have to say, I wish her work had been around when I was struggling. It was her work. I better state that differently because her work was around, but I had not run into it. There was no internet and there was no Google. So I was at the mercy of what I could find in bookstores and libraries, and I never ran across her work. Her work probably would have saved me many years of struggle. So anyway, I hope that you will pay attention to the her for strategies and take them into your own healing journey. The first one is to face your anxiety panic. And this means that the help has to come from within yourself. You are actually facing what is going on. And now, of course, you will have outside help and support and guidance, but ultimately, it is you who will heal yourself and clear out the anxiety panic from your daily living. Facing means that you face up to the fact that you suffer from anxiety. You don't run away from this fact, but you face it squarely. You don't seek distraction in dashing here and there, trying to find a cure outside yourself. That's really important. So I'm going to say it again, because I want you to get this, that, you know, we talk about distractions and, uh, and 
many times you need to use a distraction, but distraction is not the way out of anxiety panic. You don't seek distraction in dashing here and there, trying to find a cure outside yourself. This answer, and this is what I found going through everything I went through, it is from inside that you heal. And like I say on the website, all these other things that we do and talk about and tools and tips that we have are all to prepare you for you to do that inner work, to clear out the time and the space and the energy and get your attitude right so that you can find yourself healing from the inside out. Accepting anxiety panic, um, or more specifically, the symptoms of panic, such as depersonalization or the feeling that the world around you is unreal, a rapid heart rate, rapid breathing, and so forth and so on, as they occur, is key to overcoming anxiety, acceptance of it. Panic occurs due to the fact that highly sensitized people are being trained to feel bad about their anxiety and afraid to feel it because they don't want to be labeled as troubled or endanger themselves in some way. Dr. Weeks realized that the only real danger came from letting yourself get worked up about your feelings of anxiety, making you even more anxious than you already were. And I really want you to feel into your own life right now and see if you are a master at hiding your anxiety. Many of us never even talked to our closest people in our lives about it when we are struggling. And again, why do we do that? We're afraid. We're afraid to be labeled as troubled or get ourselves deeper into trouble than we already are. And so this does not help us one tiny bit. It actually prolongs our suffering. Begin facing your anxiety by analyzing it and describing it to yourself. If it's a nervous churning feeling in your gut, don't flinch from it. Go with it. Relax into it. Relax and analyze it. Be with it. And I like to say to be with it with curiosity that keeps us out of judgment, right? Dr. Weeks says, stop regarding it as some monster trying to possess you. Understand that it is only the working of oversensitized, adrenaline-releasing nerves, and that by constantly shrinking from it, you have stimulated an excessive overflow of adrenaline that has further excited your nerves to produce continual stomach churning. By your anxiety, you are producing the very feelings you dislike so much. End of quote. That's super important. Super important that we understand this is the workings of an oversensitized adrenaline-releasing nervous system. It's doing what it does. It is not a monster trying to possess us, harm us. There is no harm intended here. It is the body and mind working as it does when it is oversensitized. Claire Weeks goes on to say, as you lose your fear and regain confidence, you will lose interest in your anxious sensations. You begin to forget yourself for moments and then for hours at a time. Outside interests claim you. 
you rejoin the world of other people, you are yourself again, end of quote. And I want to comment here that that is exactly how it happens. It is very elusive how it disappears. Many people asked me early on when I was starting the show, when was your last panic attack or when did you stop feeling anxious or anxiety panic? And they had like wanted this delineation, like one day I turned on the light and it doesn't happen like that. You almost don't even notice it. And just like she said here, as you lose your fear and regain your confidence, you will lose interest in your anxiety sensations. Because when we're down the wormhole, we pay so much attention to all those symptoms and sensations, we can almost become obsessed with it. But as we get better, very slowly, very elusively, it begins to change. So stick with it. Dr. Weeks goes on to say, Recovery lies in going to the places you fear. Now, this is enough to put most people off, right? You don't want to go to the places that we fear. Mine, oh, Some of mine, I had elevators, uh, German Shepherd dogs, and uh, had all my things, along with general anxiety. And one of the reasons why so many people begin the idea of, of acceptance and then give up is because it just feels overwhelming, right? We don't want to go to the places that we fear. Now, Dr. Weeks does not suggest that you run off to the grocery store if that's where you have panic attacks and invite a panic attack. You don't need to do that. This is all about gradual buildup to doing what you think is impossible for you right now. First, say if it was the grocery store, first you go to the corner shop, a small shop. And then maybe you take a long drive and get to the grocery store and sit in the parking lot. And then you go a bit further and go in the store without a list and just to wander and make it a non-pressure kind of shop. And then you go a bit further, maybe have someone come along with you while you do buy your grocery list. And then eventually you are able to go into the supermarket alone and do your whole grocery shopping. But this may take time. It isn't on Monday I do this, Tuesday I do this. You've got to feel this because it is coming from inside you. The idea is that you don't say to yourself when you're out in the grocery store, all right, I may not have a panic attack here, or at least I hope I don't. No, we don't say that. Instead, we say it doesn't matter if I have a panic attack while I'm here. I am learning how to cope, and I will use this episode, this outing, to my advantage. I will practice acceptance. I will not add the second fear. Again, there's that second fear. We talk about that here quite often. Second fear or the second arrow. We do not need to add more harm to ourselves than we are already experiencing. Have you tried one skin for your skincare routine yet? 
I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 Face Moisturizer and OS1 Eye Cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. So let's talk about the second fear. The second fear is all of the negative thoughts that arise when we feel an attack coming on, when we begin to feel nervous or anxious or panicky. There are many of these. At first, acceptance and not adding the second fear may not seem to have any effect. But as you practice more and more, you'll find that although you panic, although you get nervous, it no longer matters. You have taken the fear out of it. Without the fear, Claire Weeks says, panic is a dead duck. I hope that makes you kind of smile, the, the languaging that she used, but it's important to know how long ago this was. And it makes us pay a little bit more attention, doesn't it? When we take the fear out, the panic is just not as scary. You don't have to be afraid of it. So we get to do that. Only we can do that. And it happens slowly. So be patient with yourself. Even though I know you're not patient, we have to try to pull that up. And this is another one of the beautiful things that comes out of being anxious. You will have learned patience. Okay, so let's move on to acceptance. Acceptance. Accept your anxiety. This is the second step. Calm acceptance is your goal, says Dr. Weeks. This may be the most difficult part and the most misunderstood of her four steps to overcoming anxiety. And I quote here, It may be that although you wish to be unafraid with your anxiety, you may still add plenty of second fear. Do not be discouraged even by this. It is enough at this stage to wish to be unafraid. If you make up your mind to accept the strange feelings, although still afraid of them, you will gradually lose your fear because decision to accept releases a certain tension and so reduces the intensity of your symptoms. This brings a little hope, and you begin to gain confidence in recovery. Loss of fear eventually follows. It is essential that you be occupied while awaiting 
cure. Every short respite from fear helps to calm your nervous so that they become less and less responsive to stimulation and your senses less and less intense until they are only a memory, end of quote. So even though you may be afraid of your anxiety and it's coming up, the feelings, the sensations, the panic, the anxiety, it is enough, she says, to wish to be unafraid. And this is the place you can start. You are afraid, but you can wish to be unafraid. And that means you are knowing that you can have something else happen in the future. You're not stuck there. Dr. Weeks says that many people confuse accepting their anxiety with putting up with it, which it is not. You could put up with anxiety for the rest of your life and still have the problem. Acceptance calms you allows the flow of adrenaline to slow down and eventually cease. But it takes time for the mind to accustom itself to this new way of being. Dr. Weeks says, if panic or any other frightening symptom occurs, what happens? We tense up. Our body goes rigid. In fact, a lot of people describe it as if they are frozen in the spot. Then second fear takes over. The, oh my goodness, I will collapse or I'll be taken away somewhere. More adrenaline is produced and the fearful symptoms are reinforced. Eventually, we gather enough strength to run back home or to the car. We can always find the energy to do that, but not enough to stand our ground. Acceptance says, okay, come on then, do your worst, but I'm not going to respond to your nonsense. This is just an electrical impulse running through my body. It is, you know, and can do me no harm. End of quote. And again, as we often say here at ACP, that discomfort is not dangerous. We don't have to run away. And it is so interesting, as she stated, we have enough strength and energy to dash out or get back to the car or whatever it is we're doing to get out of the situation. We always have the energy and the strength to do that, but not enough to stand our ground. That's just a thought. We do have it. We can do it. Claire Weeks says, Describing true acceptance is difficult. It is about relaxing into the feelings and not struggling to get rid of them. It is letting go rather than clinging tightly to the fear. The complete giving up of doing anything. Just letting go. When someone is swimming and runs into trouble, A good swimmer will relax and float for a while to recover. A bad swimmer will fight and struggle, which will have the opposite effect of helping. Unfortunately, nature has so arranged it that to struggle seems the natural thing to do. We have to defy our natural instinct to fight and to do just the opposite. I have accepted, but I still feel awful, some people say. Of course you will but you will have sown the seeds of recovery by truly accepting. 
time and more time are needed to finish the job. We get so impatient with time. This is another of those symptoms of nervous illness that are so difficult to live with. Impatience. Of course, if you have an underlying problem that is causing your nervous illness, then it needs addressing. But acceptance can still be practiced. End of quote. All right, let's move on to floating. Since we talked about swimming, floating is simply needing to concentrate on being. It is accomplished by ceasing the self-analysis and the struggle against the panicked feelings. Floating through anxiety avoids two common misunderstandings about overcoming anxiety. The first one is the idea that you have to struggle against anxiety, that you have to fight it, you have to overcome it. The second, related to the first, is that you have to arm yourself with all kinds of techniques and objects in order to confront anxiety. Actually, you will make more progress when you let yourself float through the anxiety, not trying to overcome anything not struggling to use techniques, but simply allowing the sensations to pass over time. Floating through anxiety is help that assists you rediscover your own natural abilities to cope with whatever comes rather than arming you against potential adversity. In floating through anxiety, weeks meant to convey the opposite of fighting. That's what she's saying. Floating, not fighting would be a great thing to remember. The way to regain a sense of calm is to go along with the sensations of anxiety and panic rather than oppose them. She described floating as masterly inactivity and said this meant to stop holding tensely onto yourself trying to control your fear, trying to do something about it while subjecting yourself to constant self-analysis. And here's a quote from Claire Weeks. The average person, tense with battling, has an innate aversion to letting go. They vaguely think that were they to do this, they would lose control over the last vestige of their willpower and their house of cards would tumble. And now finally, let's get to let time pass. Dr. Weeks suggests to remain active and not allow symptoms to run your life. With repetition of normal tasks, despite your anxiety, the brain learns to stop panicking and the symptoms will lift away slowly in what seems to be like layers until finally they will vanish entirely. This belief is one that modern science supports, and the modern treatment of fear exposure works according to similar principles. If progress seems to be going slowly, do not give up because you might be about to reach the final layer and no longer experience unnecessary anxiety. Patience is not something that is strong a strong feature in anxiety, and I know this one for sure. If most of us take a relaxation pill, even, if we were to take even a drug to relax, we expect immediate results, and any kind of therapy that involves talking is expected after the first chat to yield amazing recoveries. Sadly, to say it does not work this way, and any lasting recovery will take time. 
sometimes lots of time. We have to learn patience, and we do learn patience through this process. We have to accept that any therapy, however good, will take time to take effect. Our minds have got in a rut and need retraining. The longer we have suffered with anxiety, the deeper the rut. Dr. Weeks says that climbing out is sometimes painful and requires perseverance, but the results can be tremendous right up to your complete recovery. However, this takes time. We have to let time pass. Dr. Weeks says it's important to not just sit and wait for time to pass while trying to overcome anxiety. And I quote here, I have seen people on the verge of recovery deteriorate severely when suddenly deprived of occupation. They should not attempt to recover from nervous illness sitting about the house watching the days pass, trying to fill each hour as it comes. They must have an organized program so they can look ahead and know how each day will be filled. It is absolutely essential for a nervously ill person that thoughts be claimed by outside interests so that time passes more quickly. The strain is eased and depression thus relieved. So many small happy experiences, gardening, playing a musical instrument, painting, playing with a pet, are waiting to help lift your spirit. The future is not as black as you might think. You do not need some great happiness to bring back joy in living. The little things will do that. Dr. Weeks says that working out of doors is particularly good for overcoming anxiety and depression. The brightness, the expanse of sky, the absence of restraining walls of a house or apartment, the movement of the breeze in the trees, hearing birds singing, all help to keep spirits raised and troubles in proper proportion. Brightness and diversion help to hold the interest and support of the flagging spirit. I hope that you have paid attention to these steps and that you will begin to face, accept, float, and let time pass. This is Good Medicine from Dr. Claire Weeks. I'll see you all again in another couple days. And now for today's quote. To recover, he must know how to face, accept, and go through panic until it no longer matters. This is the only way to permanent cure. And that's from Claire Weeks. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at the anxietycoachespodcast.com.